Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, April 14th. Yes, we are getting this episode to you a day early because we've got a big one coming up later this afternoon with Virginia and Duke. I'm Jordy from Barstool with me as always. We've got Dukes on the mic and Dukes. Uh, we, we've got a big one coming up this afternoon, but the rest of the weekend kind of sucks. So uh, how, how are you feeling on this Thursday right now? I know you've got some travel coming up as well. Easter weekend does. Uh, there's no real good games that stand out. I mean, you see a couple of games in the schedule that probably would be good five years ago, maybe even three years ago, but but overall, the weekend kind of looks like a dud. Last week, it was exciting for a little bit. We had some good games, Cornell Cuse. But yeah, no, I'm ready. Traveling to Dallas. So here we go. Now, are, are you are you going to Dallas because you're you're trying to get more of a scout on Charlotte North? I know that. I know that. Actually, let, let's give a little update here, too. Has there been any... Uh, any wheels in motion on the Charlotte Charlotte Ocho versus Duke's goalie challenge? Any anything potentially there? Look, I'm not saying anything from from Mrs. North. She's a great talent herself. All I'm saying is, I went to BC this weekend to go scout, and the game got delayed five minutes of me being there. Do I think that she caused the thunder and lightning? That's for that's for the audience to decide. But I will say it's, it is quite interesting, and I will say that it's been crickets. It's been crickets. I know a couple people have reached out. I've heard back. I keep tweeting at her. No follow back. So right now I'm like a stalking ex-boyfriend. That's just always in her mentions. Seems like I'm blocked on every platform, but I'm still trying to communicate with her. But the funny, the funniest, the funniest Charlotte North story I have this week is getting beers with my roommate, little sass, little Sasquatch on Twitter. Some of you might know him and I'm getting beers with him and, and a couple of my coworkers and Sass goes, you know what I love? I, I've been addicted to watching women's lacrosse highlights on Instagram. And I turned to him and I go, is this like a shitty bit? Like, I, I don't like, are you making fun of me from the cross guy? And he's like, no, I swear to God, like one of my, one of my friends from high school is on the BC women's team. So I've just been looking at Charlotte North highlights like every single night. And he talked to me about it for about 15 minutes. Like so much better than men's across, like men's across, like the athleticism's like right then and there. But he's like, Charlotte North is just so much better than every single girl in the game. And I was like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. But it was just, it was such a good moment. Do you think that maybe I think men's lacrosse would probably benefit a little bit from adding the eight meter shot into the game? Like, could you imagine how sick it would be if like there was a penalty and instead of like, yeah, like obviously like there are some man ups that can just snap the ball around, just tic-tac-toe in the back of the net. It looks great. But could you imagine if someone like, I mean, like if, if you were watching that Cuse Cornell game, like as soon as Cornell went into the zone, Brendan Curry decided to just splash from everywhere. Like, could you imagine giving Brendan Curry a little eight meter shot, giving Brendan O'Neill a little eight meter shot? Like that would be sick. So I'm not taking anything I'm saying that there, there are a lot of things that I think that women's lacrosse could probably take from the men's game and implement it into theirs. I'm also saying the same thing applies to where if the men could take the eight meter shot or, you know, maybe back it up to like 10 to 12 from the women, that would be electric because it's true. Like the, I mean, you, I, I could just watch Charlotte North or Jamie Ortega or any of those ladies just pull up and splash from eight. I, I like, I think that, some penalties, it, it would make kind of sense. Like not like stepping in the crease, but I'm saying like- I, I think I think a push with possession, I think, doesn't need to be a 30-second penalty. I think that you should just let them little 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 eight meter, little little 10 yarder, you know? 
I mean, I would say that it would grow the game. I would, I would probably agree, especially because they came up. Do you think there'd be like specialists? Oh, no. Or do you think it'd be like, you would have to take the shot. You would, you would have to take the shot. But if you had specialists, that would be. Mac O'Keefe would be so dirty. Oh yeah. (laughs) Or, but like, even like, like, I just feel like you just get this like big fat attack man who just can't move, but he can just step in and crank it. Like they're probably like, there are so many of those guys playing D D three right now who just, you know, like they weren't athletes enough to go D one, but can they fucking bring it? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm just picturing just, just massive unit attack and walking out there or, or it doesn't even need to be like a, like, you know, we don't need to, we don't need to weight shame around here. It could just be like a huge individual, like Mitch Bartolo, right? Like he's not fat. He's just a massive dude who loves Chunky. to shoot. Yeah. Like, could you imagine just if Mitch Bart just didn't have to play lacrosse, but would only step up and just rip shots from like 10 to 12 after pushes with possession. It would be phenomenal. And I, I'm, I'm just like picturing it now. Like if you could, like, would you have to be stationary or would you have to, would you be able to step into it? Ooh. Um, I mean, I feel like you gotta you gotta give him a crow hop, right? Yeah, you gotta give him a crow hop. Because I was gonna say, I think that you need like, I think the big body, the big, the big, the big <laughs> boys, the big boys with the torque, just throwing those hips around. Oh my god, that uh, is such a funny visual. No, like, like there's the one clip that always pops up on Instagram a little bit. There's uh, he's this, just this massive. I, I, I feel like it's a kid. It, it might be. A, I, I don't know. I, I can't like, I can't hammer down what age he is, but he's like wearing number 66 and he's just this mat. He's, he's got like yes. seven inches and like 80 pounds on everybody else ahead of him. And he's just power, like one hand power cradling through everybody. Like I'm picturing that guy just stepping up and ripping. Um, that would be awesome. But yeah, so uh, definitely agree with, with little sass. Uh, you know, the, the women's highlights are pretty sick. I mean, there, there have been a few just, uh, just right out, right off the line of shake shack, uh, goals that I've seen so far this year from the ladies. So, uh, a lot, lot of, a lot of highlights over there. Uh, also a lot of highlights. If you're a fan of Maryland lacrosse, I feel like that's, that's been the, uh, the case. It was the case this past weekend. It's been the case every single weekend this year. It seems like this year, the biggest thing that we learn week in and week out is that Maryland is just so much better than anybody else that they play against. Um, I mean, this game against Rutgers this week proved what we were all a little bit worried about that. The, that the big 10 is not a real conference this year. It's just Maryland. And then there's a bunch of, you know, other teams that are, technically playing lacrosse, but when they're playing against Maryland, it doesn't look like the same thing. Um, but I mean, like they go up against Virginia, like Virginia's ranked number two in the country. When they play against them, they just wax the floor with Virginia. Rutgers was ranked. What were they three? When they played against Rutgers this yeah. past weekend, wax the four. floor with, with, yeah, three, four, depending on what poll you're looking at. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they dummy the second, ranked team in the nation they dummy the third or fourth whatever you want to call it uh it's just anybody who comes in their way guess what you're getting your ass kicked and just thank them on the way out that you still that they spared your lives at least let's just saw tillman tweet out you know people congratulating the did you see that the cardinals tweet about like how the cardinals were the last undefeated team in the nfl and he's like you got to finish off the season because the cardinals ended up being duds so Tillman's obviously got the right mindset with his team. He's just saying the right things in the locker room, but 
they are just kids at the end of the day. So you got to make sure that this is getting to their heads because regular season tournament, like regular season isn't the championship. And Maryland, as good of a program as they are, as good as Tillman is, as good as they are this year, have, I mean, I, I hate to fucking say like a final four is like a failure of the season, but like when you go to Maryland, like you compete for national championships. So if it is national championship or bust. And in most, it is every single year for them. But this year, you just don't want to be like Gonzaga in basketball, where you go undefeated the entire year, and then, then a team like Virginia or a team like Duke that has had success in national championship games in lacrosse comes in and beats you. So, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. It would be, it would be fun to see Notre Dame in Maryland. I will say. I mean, you you look at you look at the destruction tour that Maryland has gone on so far this season, and really only, I, I I'll give two two teams. I'll give Syracuse benefit of the doubt. Like, or I'll give them a little bit of credit here. Like that was, you know, a, a four goal win by Maryland though. That was at, I think that that was in the dome. Was it not pretty sure? Pretty sure it was yeah. in the dome. Yeah. And like Syracuse is always significantly better in the dome. So like a, a four goal win over Cuse in the dome is almost like, like if Syracuse had to go down to college park, like that would have been like a nine goal win for Maryland. So, all right, I'm going to take, going to take that credit back from Syracuse. They don't deserve it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than Notre Dame, everyone has just gotten their, their dicks kicked in. So, I mean, it, it was, it was a big week for your Notre Dame fighting Irish. They, they had a, you know, they, they had a great win against Duke, uh, you know, big game for Pat Cav. I think he had seven points on the day. Um, you know, and I know that Duke has been a little, little up and down this season, but that's still a really good win for, for Notre Dame. And then they followed it up at, Granted, it's a game against Marquette. No offense, Marquette, but uh, I don't think anyone was really expecting much out of them. But still, uh, two two good wins for your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Are they getting hot at the right moment? Could they potentially uh, be putting themselves in a spot where they could see Maryland in the tournament? The only team to really give them uh, much of much of a fight this year. I mean, Pac have Pac have had to be listening to this pod. I think the Notre Dame midfields really stepped up. That was a very impressive win. Um, the talent that Duke has just to begin with, obviously you're talking about the ups and downs, but still the talent's right there. I mean, this is classic Shamanad beating St. Anthony's on Long Island, like I said. I mean, it's death, it's it's, it's it was just too classic. Um, but yeah, death, Pat death, Kavanaugh, taxes, Pat, St. Anthony's beating Shamanad. No, Shamanad. No, no, Shamanad. Okay, especially with the, especially with these this age group, uh, Shamanad always got the best of them, but I don't know, Pat, Pat Cow has been on a tear and they're, they're heating up at the right time. They're heating up right now. Um, the midfield's coming alive. Jake, Jake Taylor. Um, he, he's been putting on a show the past couple of weeks. So I don't know. I, I think that the Irish are a team that you always have to keep your eyes on and you can't doubt that, I mean, that Maryland loss, it's crazy to say, but the Maryland loss now looks even more like legit and impressive than originally we thought. Like you kind of remember when we were talking a couple of weeks ago, you're like, yeah, but like, are they that was it that impressive? Like they haven't been putting up the points, but the offense is coming alive and their extra man units is the best in the nation, I think, statistically. So I mean, you, you, you look at their losses right now. Maryland has been just going through everybody with at, at, at their will. So that only mm-hmm. two goals to that, that's fine. Uh the Ohio State loss, yeah. Oh, bad, 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 bad loss, market but, is bad. Yeah, you know, but 
or early season. Uh, the Georgetown loss keeps looking a little bit better. It, grant, it wasn't really close, but no. Georgetown now they're they're either two or two. three. Yeah, so they're two. So that that looks better. Um, you know, and then a loss at Virginia to the two-time defending full strength na- national champs. So um, I mean, they're not bad losses. And the wins weren't good. Like it, the wins weren't good until I, I'd say, honestly, until that Duke win. Um, but, you know, so now they, they finish out the season, the regular season with UNC, Cuse, and Duke. So they, they go right back at that. Um, they got to go two and one. They got to go two and one. I, I would argue, I would, I would argue that two and one would be fine, but I'm not really sold on them giving Maryland a run unless they go three, and zero. I think just coaching alone can give them, can keep them in distance of Maryland. I'm not going to say like win, but you're saying that spreads three and a half. You don't think I'm taking Maryland. You're, I mean, you don't think I'm taking Notre Dame. You're crazy. Irish by five. Some might say, <laughs> um, no, I, I think the two and one puts them in a really good spot. I think that UNC, uh, we'll see. They kind of need a little bit of bounce back. They they probably have their tails tucked between their legs right now after getting uh, pumped by Virginia a little bit. Even though, you know, there aren't really a lot of tails to be tucked with with UNC. I think we we've said this time and time again. Uh, the Tar Heels right now they're they're Chris Gray and Colin Krieg and then eight other guys on the field. So um, they're going to have a rough go at it. That's also a home game for Notre Dame. So I feel like that one has to be a win. They play Cuse in the dome. Cuse is, like I said, always, always better at the dome. And they just got at the dome by them. Yeah. Just got like killed. Yeah. So a little, little, you know, bounce back for So that one could be tight. And then, then you got to beat Duke again. So, um, and that's, do you see the date of that one? Uh, May 7th 7th at Arlotta. I mean, you know, that thing's going to be bumping. You know, the, kids uh, are gonna be, the beers are going to be flowing. That that grass is going to be that that, be that, that hill that hill cross. yeah that that side hill is going to be great. I, I remember a uh, f- few years back there was there was a clip uh, just the one one of the coeds at at Notre Dame just like rolling down the hill. She was just yeah. drunk as could be, having a good old time. So yeah, I, th- I think that that's going to be prime time for the for the fan section uh, in over in South Bend. Uh, Trying to think about what else happened this past weekend. Uh, you know, I mentioned last week I I, I wasn't going to have a ton of, of time to watch much lacrosse on Saturday. Was uh, cooking for a barbecue event in Philly. Went great. So real quick, uh, if anyone is listening to this right now, I don't really know how much crossover there is, but if anyone's listening to the podcast right now, who showed up to the Meat Sweats barbecue pop up at Urban Saloon last weekend, thank you very much. Went well. Um, yeah, trying to. I mean. Penn, Penn losing at home to Larkin Kemp and Bre- I, th- I think right now what we've found out is that when Larkin is in the building, Brown is a completely different team and you you have to factor that in. Uh, so Brown goes o- over to West Philly. They come away with a 12-10 win over Penn um, and, and Penn's kind of in a, in a weird spot right now. Uh, you know they, they yes. were ranked they were ranked top 10. In, in the country, and they're right now, they're sixth in the Ivy League after losing two straight games. Uh, they have losses. They had that over, that crazy overtime loss to Princeton. Uh, they lost to Yale, and then now this loss to Brown. So, um, you know, they're – I mean, they're sitting at four and four right now. This was a team that I thought 
uh, could probably stay in that, you know, that top 10 mm-hmm. ranking the, the whole way through. I thought that they were going to be uh, able to kind of not run the table in the Ivy because we you were big on them. Yeah, I, I was I was huge on them. And and I wasn't going to say that they were going to run the table in the Ivy because I think we know how um, how loaded the Ivy is this year and how much of a gauntlet it's going to be. But I kind of figured that they'd be they'd, they'd probably be like hosting the Ivy tournament. Um, For sure. and that's, that's just doesn't look to be the case at the moment as they, uh, you know, the, their schedule eases up at the end here. Um, but this, this is going to be a big one for them coming up against Harvard as far as implications for the Ivy tournament, but yeah. huge, huge win for Brown though. Huge win for Larkin. For Cal. sure. And I, and Larkin kind of nailed, we, we, I was shitting. I was like jokingly shitting on Brown when I was like, Oh, like, are they even going to win a game the rest of the way out? Like, blah, 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 blah. Like just giving Larkin a little shit, but like, he nailed, he nailed it with Brown that they, the way that they play up, I mean, th- with Penn, like the way they play up and down with their competition and like the way that they view opponents, like obviously Brown had to like, like they were going to come in fired up. Like they, they could feel the moment. They could feel the pressure. They knew that they had to win this one. Um, Penn clearly just didn't feel the moment. Wasn't as up for the game as they would be for a Yale or something. And, um, and it's, it's like coach, it's like coach cliche, but that's kind of the sign of a, of a, of a not so great team, right? Like great yeah. teams, like, like a team like Maryland, who's legitimately great. It doesn't matter who they're playing against. And like, yeah, like they have a hard schedule, but it doesn't matter who they're going up against. Like they're going out for blood and they want to make sure that like you regret your decision that you decided to pick up a stick and play lacrosse. <laughs> and, and that's just, and that's just every game because it's, that's what they do. Like a, a, a good team that's not great, yeah, they'll show up and and they'll play. You know, if if they need to come from behind and make the game interesting at, at Princeton, uh, make the game at Princeton a little interesting, they'll do it. If they need to play Yale tight, they'll do it. If they need to, uh, you know, beat beat some good teams, they'll do it. But then when Brown comes around and it's like, all right, like yeah, maybe this is a game where we can just show up and win. Well, guess what? You're not really that good, and you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, quick. Quick shout out to one of my guys on Brown, Trevor Yaboa Cody, uh, supreme athlete, Gatorade player of the year in New York for football. Put up one and one. Um, he, I think he's going to be a great talent. He's probably a sophomore or junior with the COVID years. I don't even fucking know anymore, but he's he's going to be a problem in the Ivies for, uh, for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, really good win for Brown. I think that that's a, that's a win that really keeps their season uh, a lot. Like how, how much – how much life do they still have? I guess we'll see. They have Yale coming up this week. Um, so that's going to be a, a tough one for them, but it's a, it's a really good win for them that now puts them in a position where they could, they could stay alive for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Um, and it's a really tough loss for Penn that now puts them in a really weird spot where again, a, a top 10 team who's now ranked sixth in the, they're one and three in the Ivy. So uh, not, not great. Uh yeah, even I mean, if they uh, went out, they won't. Even if they went out, we were talking about it kind of like if they went out, they, they're not. They probably won't make the like they're gonna have to win a couple games in the Ivy League, and they'll have to yeah, beat good yeah. teams in the Ivy League. Yeah, no, I mean absolutely, and I mean the best team in the Ivy League right now is Cornell. Uh, they're ten and one. They only have you know they have their one loss to Penn. Um, so I guess that that's a good thing that Penn has going for them. But Cornell ten and one, and they got that. 10th win after uh, taking taking the quick hour trip from Ithaca over to Syracuse to play against the orange in the dome in a, uh, in a midweek matchup. And I mean, that game was, the game was 
electric. Uh, so mm-hmm. Q, that was a Q, great game. Hughes got up to a to a pretty pretty big lead. Uh, Cornell chipped away, and then that like that entire fourth quarter just back and forth. Um, lead changes. Uh, you know, Cornell went into that zone, like I mentioned, and it was just Brendan Curry. Stat- he had like he had two goals in a span of like 30 seconds that were just like all he would do is just kind of hop shuffle back and forth for like five seconds with the ball on a stick and then just like let one rip. Um, so Brendan Curry, big game. Tucker Dordovic, big game. Dude, Tucker Dordovic is a um, he's a menace. He, he he's he takes a lot of ill-advised shots and I love it. Uh, he, he tried another underhand, like between the legs. I, I would despise the kid if I was his coach. Um, so, I bet you, he's, I bet you, I bet you Gary's saying play like that. Oh yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But like when, when you have, when you have a coach who like, that was his bread and butter playing like that. <laughs> I feel yeah. like Gary gate can't be like uh, Tucker shoot overhand. It's like uh fuck you coach. Like you were in the eighties going over the net and like, shooting between your legs like yeah. you you don't tell me what to do gary gary in film room is like he's like why, why the hell are you taking these shots and like ripping them in the post like in the in the film room and they just come up with their own highlight uh, tips like, oh yeah dude coach. i i i, I would i would just i would just pull up youtube and chromecast it to the screen and be like uh coach here's your highlight tape bud like this is exactly why i'm doing all these things right now um and then, and yeah. then gary responds but like yeah but i would actually score <laughs> yeah well I mean that that's yeah, Tucker, a, that's I mean, Tucker a, does, but yeah, yeah. he he scores, but I, I don't know if you can come back uh, to, yeah, to Gary with that one. Um, but either way, I mean, just a an awesome fourth quarter goes back and forth. Uh, John B. John Piatelli, a uh, huge game for him from Cornell. He had I think six goals on the day. There was one point where he was like six goals on eight shots. Yeah, uh, it was disgusting. It, it was, the shooting percentage. It, it it was insane. Um, and the then stat during the game. During the game, it was like he was six for eight, and the rest of the team was one for thirteen. Yeah, but then like the like the last like minute and a half, but when um when Cornell had to score to tie it up again, he he was taking a lot of a lot of tough shots. So he he kind of he buried that that shooting percentage a little bit. Could have could have been something special, uh, but he still had to keep going for it. Uh, anyway, game game goes into overtime after Piatelli had the uh you know the the assist on the game tire to send it to overtime, and Hugh Kelleher. Uh, out, out of Wanta. Another, yeah, another, yeah I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. A strong island I, guy. Listen, I, I've I've been to Wanta, Wanta uh, a few times. Play, played against, believe they're the Warriors over there. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Play, played against them a few times. Had uh, had some really good chicken parm at the at the post game tailgate after playing against Wanta. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I think I actually left a stick at that field one time too when I was coaching. They don't like Garden City. No. Oh, we kick their ass every year. Yeah, it's got it's it's a love hate relationship. Well, I mean, the, we love to play them; they hate to play us. <laughs> but no, Kelleher, what, Kelleher, his clip. family. Kelleher's oh wait, no, 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 never like, mind. So you're not, you're not a, you're not a, a private. I was about to say classic private school elitist, but that's how they look at us, though. It's like the private public school elitist. So like, yeah. it's not like. But the kid, the Kelleher family, I'm just shocked that there's like they're still around. I've been hearing about this family on Long Island for legit two decades. Like the, the entire family was all counting like football, but lacrosse, whatever. I mean, I just can't believe this one at Cornell now. Yeah, uh, you don't see a lot of kids named Hugh these days either. I feel like that's a yeah, it's Hugh. I mean Hugh Krantz, the uh, Notre Dame guy who's just now with the Redwoods. 
defender. I mean, that's okay. the only Hugh. That's the only Hugh that I've ever heard of. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know many Hughes. Hubert that... Hubert Davis. Does Hubert Davis count as a Hugh? Hubert uh... Davis, the UNC basketball coach. Kind of, but like I feel like he'd be like a Hugh Jackson type of thing where it's like H E U, like you would shorten it to that, where like yeah. this is H U G E. Hubie. Yeah. I, I will have to if, what what's what's Hugh Kelleher's nickname? There's no way that people just call him Hugh. That's a that's a weird it's a weird the Hugh crew. Print up the shirts, baby. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> But a, but a great come from behind win, and they uh, capped off the comeback with that overtime game winner. Um, also, like a huge win for um, Connor Buksik. I mean, just to be able to go to Syracuse and beat Gary Gate in that fashion—that's uh, that that that's that's a huge win for him. Uh, huge win for the program. And I mean, they mentioned it on the broadcast, but what Cornell has been able to do with you know missing the years because of COVID losing Jeff T uh, bringing in Connor Busick for his first full playing season as a head coach. And they're now 10 and one and a top three team in the nation. Big, big things out of the big red. Uh, you gotta be pumped. I think uh, Rusty tweeted is like, it's like, if you're, if you're, a co- if you're a college team who's looking for a new head coach, look for someone that's like Connor Busick or John Galloway. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a, they're, they're the formula. Well, I'll tell um, you what, I, I mean, I guess, one one guy who's available now is uh, I, I guess we can chat about this for a second. Ned Crotty. Ned Crotty announced his retirement from mm. uh, professional lacrosse earlier this week. So uh, big congrats to Ned Crotty on a insane career. Uh, just a I mean just one one of the all time swagger hounds in in lacrosse. Dude just looked so good every time he stepped on the field. Um, I, for, I forget who tweeted it out, but they put together. Uh, all, all these, all these looks that Ned Crotty went through while he was playing at Duke. Um, and this was just the heyday of, of Duke just doing some crazy things with their uniform set up with Brian. Um, yeah, I mean here. In 2010 peaks across. Yeah. What do you think I mean, the golden age of lacrosse was? Like, like, you know, like there's like, but I, I firmly believe like, like the Eamon McEnany days, ESPN, like, two, like, I mean, we're about this, but like 2007 to 2012 was just like, whew, that was, that was the shit for me. It was the shit. Like it's, it's a little bit different for me. Like, I, I think that like, like just, just the pure chaos, like, like that art, like that 2005 to 2009 stretch where like, lacrosse didn't know what direction it it wanted to go in when like like the argyle the neon the combro chills yeah that's that's the the era i'm also thinking like 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 warrior name and shit mac daddy and super freak like that was just like it was like the sport was on acid and (laughs) and 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 as and as a little kid who was just eating that shit up like that was that was awesome and i feel like ned crotty was like he, he was like, he was like that era, but he was, he, he was clean. like a, he, but yeah, like a timeless classic look clean and clean. And yeah, he was clean in an era of, of chaos. Do you like, like when I ever think of that era, the closing, the, 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 uh, the last chapter in that era of like, where just across want to go forever, like in my head is like the Volt socks, like the Volt yeah. socks that they, that they, that they sold at lacrosse limited. And my mom was like, why, like in what, why would you wear these Volt socks with your maroon cleats for Garden uh, City Lacrosse? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and I'm like, mom, because they said that I'll look faster. And she's like, oh. they're 20 bucks. And I was like, can I have five for Christmas? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have not, not bought into that. Um, but you know, I, there are there are plenty of things that um, look back and and you and you regret, but that that's life. Do you do you regret? Like it's it's if you told me back then, like oh, it wouldn't be like I, I if I went back in my life, I would get the same exact purchases that I got through that time period. Like you live and you learn. Like it did it. Like some might look at it and be like that kind of stunted the growth of lacrosse. Like possibly, maybe I don't know. I kind of get that like point of view, but at the same time, era fucking rocked. Like, oh, that era it, needed yeah. to happen. I mean, did, did I need pink mesh? Maybe not. Oh, no. I, like my, <laughs> my shooters, like I remember I getting started oh, like a UMass, yeah. at a UMass tournament. It was like five different colors. My dad's like, you look like a tool, but like, yeah, rock it. Like, yeah. It's like getting the dirty. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so long story short, congrats to Ned Karate on a, uh, yeah, an incredible congrats. lacrosse playing career. Uh, you know, just, just one of the best, uh, the Del Barton product. So, uh, you know, big, big, big hockey guy as well. I think, um, yeah, that would check out Del Barton is, I feel like it's a wagon in, uh, in hockey also yeah. just shout out really quick to cues. Cause people might just, they, they the, the young guys are really stepping up for them, especially in that right. game. I mean, they used to, they showed their youth and of course with like the, the collapse a little bit, but. I mean, they, speaking, they speaking of Q's young guys, um, Joey Spalina just notched his 400th career high school lacrosse point, uh, And he, and he missed his entire sophomore season due to COVID. So that's 400 points without a sophomore season. Um, that is absurd. Do you know if that's the record? No, I, th- I think, uh, okay, Galasso probably still has it. Yeah, I think uh, Team 91 tweeted it out. I think it was like five, he needs to get to like 500, which is totally possible. Yeah, he um, plays classy. It's possible. Yeah. Um, uh, only other game that really stuck out to me from uh, this past weekend. Um, I, I, I've been saying this a few times, but just really impressed with Jacksonville winning the games that they need to win. Um, so this was a big one for them against, you know, back-to-back games against High Point and Richmond. Um, you know, the the two other teams that they'll have to beat out in the SoCon if they want to take advantage Mm -hmm. of, of this year and really make it something that matters as opposed to just a year where, you know, you beat Duke and Denver, but then you fizzle out in the end. Um, so that, I mean, they're 10 and two on the season right now. They're ranked top 10, (laughs) like looking, looking back on it now, like their two losses are like, they don't make any sense losing to Hopkins. You know, it's, it's the first game of the season. I get it, but like Hopkins stinks. And then the loss to Utah at home, which is like, yeah, like there had to have been a letdown game somewhere in here. Um, but I mean, to come out to beat high point last week and then to follow that up with another win against Richmond, um, you know, that that's, that's huge for them. It'll also help them. Uh, I, I I'm assuming that they would then host the SoCon tournament. I don't know if this is something where it's like a, a, another team already has like it, it's already being hosted somewhere. Could they lose and make way. the tournament? What's up? Could they lose and make the tournament? I mean, it's a really I, down I, year. I, I think that they would have to lose the SoCon championship. For, no, no doubt about that. But if they yeah, lose so, the SoCon championship, I think that they get in. If, oh, if they lose the SoCon championship, they're in. Because like you think about – like, no, Yeah, it's not dominant. The, the, I mean, the, the past few years, like you, you could always count on – what three big 10 teams, three ACC, maybe, maybe more. I mean, if you're going to tell like, 
Like, I think I think Big Ten, you get two. I think you get two teams in the Big Ten. I think ACC, you get two. Like realistically, like with without being like a meme where it's like, is the ACC a one bid team? Is you know, like I I think I can't. Maybe like Ohio State. Ohio State has losses to Rutgers, Cornell, Denver, which are like they probably get them at that. And and well, but then they're going to have another one this week against Maryland, for sure. And I mean, if they lose to Michigan, then you could you could basically say like they like they won't lose. No, you you you. I don't see Ohio State getting in. No, if they lose to Michigan, I'm saying like you could make the argument no, then that Jacksonville no, no. deserves to get in. Oh, oh, no, I, I'm saying even, even if they uh, hold up, I, I, I got to bring up. So who do they have left? Um, they got uh, Michigan and Maryland, Maryland then Michigan. Yeah, I, I, I think regardless, they, um, I think that their Ohio State is a team that probably would have to, um, that like the. Uh, eight and three. Yeah. Cornell, Denver, Rockers. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I still think big, big 10 deserves two. maybe they get in. I don't know. I, 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 but what I'm saying is I think that Jack two SoCon teams. I, well, no, I, I think that there can be two SoCon teams if it's Jacksonville who loses the SoCon. Do I think that if Jacksonville wins the SoCon, then either a high point or no. a Richmond can get in? No. So, like, that's – I think that they would, they, they would have to do what Denver does every year besides this year where they build up a good resume in the regular season and then they throw the Big East championship so that they get in with an at-large bid, but then the Big East winner gets the AQ. So, Jacksonville – is the only team in the SoCon who could get in at large, but they could give someone else the AQ. They could pull Bill Tierney. So it depends on how much John Galloway studies Bill Tierney and his uh, <laughs> addiction to throwing the Big East tournament. Well, are you ready for this? This is a great. This is great. Where did John Galloway, assistant coach, before going to Jacksonville? Do you know? You won't get this. Just, this is think of my weird brain. Providence College. <laughs> So he's used to he's, he he knows exactly oh, okay. what Denver's yeah. doing. So he's he's yeah, got that he's, big he's, East tournament thing down. He's, but, he's um, seen it. He's seen it firsthand. I'm a little I'm a little all over the place, but I meant to bring this up because I saw the Johns Hopkins loss. Quake take Milliman at Hopkins was Busick really the brains behind the operation at Cornell? Either that or was having a generational player in Jeff T just like making your life so much easier. Now you just don't have that guy in at Hopkins where you can fall back on. I think it, it could be, I think having, Jeff T for 500 Alex. <laughs> I, I, I think it could be a little, I think not having Jeff T and then not having Connor Busick. I think that that hurts him a lot. And I think that it's showing. And I also maybe think that, um, I don't know. Coach, Coach Petro uh, might, might not have been the the greatest recruiter on the way out. I don't know, but he's doing he's doing well at Syracuse right now. I don't want to say that. I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe they're we, just underperforming. We could, I mean, yes, the game. You also also some of these coaches could just be. We don't have to get. Well, we won't stay too long on Petro, but you could say like, yeah, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yes, that's no like no doubt about it. But the game is changing. There's a lot of coaches in various sports that don't know really how to adapt, and it's hurting them. So that's just just one thing that you you do have to adapt. And 
in sports, it just it doesn't stay consistent forever, especially with yeah. the shot clock and stuff. Defenses have to change, offenses have to change. So I don't know, just something to look. I mean, for. I mean, I I don't think that it's a a coincidence that there are two young coaches doing extremely well in college lacrosse right now. I don't. I don't think it's too. I don't think it's a coincidence that there's two young coaches that played in the PLL where there's a shot clock, where it's a faster game that are exceeding because they know exactly what offenses they need. Bigger field, but you could like that's. It definitely does make sense. Take quick. Here we go. Does Let's Gary go. Gate? Does Gary Gate come out of retirement to play in the PLL so that he can get <laughs> a little bit more firsthand experience with? I mean, you know, did, did he get it in the MLL and, and, and the NLL? Sure. But is he maybe a little bit rusty from his playing days to really know? Yes. So can Gary Gate come out of retirement, play in the PLL and see if he can have the same level of success as John Galloway and Connor Busick? I, I think right now, if, if I'm the Chrome, I say, hey, Gary, come aboard, buddy. Hey, quick. Well, we remember this like Syracuse coaching staff as like remember that Eagles team, it, like when they had like Vince Young. Um, yeah, Mike of, Vick. of course I remember the yeah, dream I, team. Yeah, yeah, the dream team. That we could be looking. Not, they Nam, have, Nam Di Asamoah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot Stunk. about him. Yes, yeah, he's an actor now. Oh, well, uh, he was like the best corner in the league for a, a hot second. He's like a ninety-nine on Madden. Yeah, and then he came over and he was dog shit, and then dog he like shit. start he started acting like three years after uh, the Eagles gave him the bag. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so that that's pretty much everything uh, from this past weekend. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep the rest of this episode pretty quick. I mean, heading into this this, I mean, I, maybe it's maybe it's the way that it's supposed to be scheduled for Easter weekend, where uh, teams just want to kind of get in, get out. They don't want to really. Uh, I mean, I guess it would be hard for, you know, coaching staff to, you know, get all their guys together for a big, for a big matchup, uh, you know, when everyone's looking to go home, maybe on that Sunday. So uh, it's, it's a pretty, pretty weak schedule of games this weekend. But the whole reason why this episode is coming out today instead of tomorrow is because uh, one, because Dukes has to travel later on today. And so he couldn't uh, be around for doing this episode after this game, but we have Virginia and Duke a little 1 PM Thursday game, which is a little weird. Um, I feel like this, this is a, a, a drop the ball situation by the ACC here to not have this as a Thursday night ACC lacks, uh, you know, just two powerhouses going in the middle of the workday. Uh, but Virginia at Duke, a 1 PM Dukes, uh, what are your thoughts first off on the on the time scheduling of this game? You know, I already hate it, but I'm doing I'm doing my research that I probably should have done before the game, so maybe you can answer this for me. Is Duke a religious school? Uh, I mean, they're in like North. Isn't like everything in North Carolina like a little religious? Like, I feel like you like you drive on the highways there, and it's just like giant billboards that says like Christ loves you, and like giant crosses everywhere. So I, maybe, but I, I don't think that it's like a, I don't think it's a Catholic Institute or a, I don't know. They, they, maybe they have off. Maybe they have off for Easter is what I'm saying. And that's why there's the scheduling. Maybe they want kids to go home. I, like I, I, there's no other way I could wrap my brain around why they'd have two of the premier lacrosse programs playing on a Thursday at one fucking PM. 
I can't even watch it probably. Like, I'm gonna, what am I going to do? Watch it in the fucking Uber to LaGuardia? <laughs> like, this is, this is not good for anybody involved. Um, you, I, I hate it. I don't really have too much to say. I, I already have enough problems with the scheduling this year. Um, but they need to figure it the fuck out because they need to get more eyes on these games, in my opinion. And scheduling a game at 1 p.m. on a Thursday is not how you do it. Uh, that's that's my take on this situation. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, as far as the actual game goes, I think that, uh, you know, right now, if if I'm Duke, I'm saying that, thank God, I'm not North Carolina. Um, I feel like they would probably say that all, all the time. But, uh, yeah. you know, no, North Carolina really got the shit end of the stick there when they had to face Virginia after they had just lost that game to Richmond. Like, you knew that they had to have a big bounce back game um, a- after that loss to the Spiders and uh, North Carolina on the receiving end of that 11 to 4 beatdown. Um, you know, so now that that's behind them, like, may- maybe we'll get a. Uh, you know, a, a little bit of a, of a more calm down Virginia. They're like, okay, like, you know, we, we, we got that one out of our system. Let's, let's play a good game here. This is a home game for Duke. Um, this is one, I don't know. I, I, I could actually see this one being pretty tight. Um, I, I oh, feel I, like, I, do too. I, I feel like, I, I feel bad What's saying this. I feel like Shelly's been a little quiet lately. He's injured. Is he He's actually up? He's banged okay. up. Yeah. Okay. He got banged. He got banged up pretty bad last game. Came out. Lars called him a warrior for coming back out. Um, that might have been something like just like you were at like Urban Saloon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just just cooking barbecue. Not not saying it, but okay. He, no, but he like he did. He finished up with like two points. But he. This is where you you are right in this sense. Like Virginia is so banged up, and Duke is so talented that they could. I think just Duke's going to win. You know, I, you know, I'm not saying this is like in a bad Virginia way. Like I, I kind of hope I'm wrong. I like Virginia a lot, hope. but I do think that I think this is goes in Duke's favor. Um, I know PD's also battling injuries, but he's a fucking warrior in himself. But like, I don't know. Naso's not bad. Naso was a top recruit. He had a phenomenal year last year. He's, he got, I think he's been, he, he's been having something up this, this entire year with himself. I think he battled injuries in the beginning of the year. I think he's still going through it, but and also you want to know, want to know, this is where I think it all comes together for Duke. Adler played like shit last week against Notre Dame. He had like 25 save percentage. So I think he's going to have a big game. So yeah, I, I just like Duke in this one. I think it's a, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a good spot for Duke. You know, they, they're coming back after a loss. Virginia got their loss, their, their win out of the way. So yeah, I like where this, where this falls for Duke. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm pretty, pretty interested in what the travel schedule is like for Virginia on this one. Do we think that they showed up on Wednesday? Probably not, right? They're probably leaving Thursday morning. So that's, um, you know, you're, you're looking at probably three hours from Virginia to Duke on a Thursday morning for a one o'clock game. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the math right now. So Duke is in Durham, North Carolina for those at home. Just <laughs> and, and we're, we're Virginia is coming from Charlottesville, University of Charlottesville. I don't. I feel like with these teams, they gotta they gotta travel the night before. Is there I, like I, some I, NCAA rule? I don't know. I, I played D three, so that's a it's a pretty lawless division where they just like say, hey, here's a here here's cab fare. Go find your own way there. Yeah, they're definitely. I think they're definitely gonna take it in the morning 
Yeah, I, th- I think like you it, have it's to... three hours on the dot. That was a really that was a really good call by you. Did you know so, that? Huh? Did you know that? No, I, I do the drive to uh to South Carolina pretty frequently, so I go through Virginia and North Carolina quite often. Um okay, so where were we? Oh, so three hours on a on a Thursday morning on a bus, you have to get out, you gotta do your whole routine. You have to face a Duke team that just had a had a tight loss to to Notre Dame. Shelly's a little banged up. I'm sure that Matt Moore is probably still a little banged up. Dealing with some issues. Yeah, I, I actually I do like Duke in this one. Yeah, I like Duke too, which probably means take Virginia. <laughs> if, if we're both on Duke, take Virginia. But I do um, like Duke. I think I think this is. I, I was trying to look for the the line. The line's still not out. Which is annoying, but I, I could see like Duke even being favored in this one a little bit if like they account for the injuries and everything. Yeah, at home, I, I I'd maybe give it like Virginia like minus one if anything, but I don't know. Um, yeah, don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. What, what the fuck do we know? Either way, I, yeah, I, I think I don't know. I, I guess we would have to figure out if Virginia went down the night before or if they're going Thursday morning, but I feel like three hours has to be a Thursday morning type of situation. Like, I feel like there's probably, if it's like after like five or six hours, maybe you, you get to go the day before. Um, Three hours is nothing. Three hours is nothing. uh, What what time do you think they start pre-gaming though? I mean, if it's a one o'clock game, you have to think that they're going to be on the field at 10. You're saying that they have to get up and like basically meet at the buses at six 30 for a division one program. That's one back-to-back national titles. That they can't buy them a hotel room against fucking Duke in a big game. <laughs> like that's kind of pathetic now that I'm thinking about it. I'm doing the math in my head. Well, it, yeah, but I mean, this is uh, nothing for them too. They have like six a.m. lifts. Yeah, but again, uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. So I guess if, I you're love this talk. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this right now, there's a good chance uh, we're we're gonna have it out in the morning. So yeah, so so you have your time. So figure out. If Virginia is going to Duke the day of before you decide to responsibly place a wager on this one, if they went the day before, then I do like Virginia to come out of this one still tight. I still think it'll be a tight one, but if, if they got some good rest and they didn't have to spend three hours on a bus right before the game, then I like Virginia by like two or three goals, but a little back and forth action. Um, if they travel the day of then I like Duke coming out with a nice, with a nice win, um, and, and, and give me, give me a few, few good, uh, few good goals from, I think Caputo that, that, that would, that would be my, uh, that'd be my guy who has the, uh, who, who has, who has the big game. Yeah. I think McAdory. McAdoo is going to have a big one. And mm. I think, I think Brendan O'Neill is going to be play pretty good for them. He seems like a pretty good talent. Seems to show up every week for those guys in blue and white. Bre- Brennan. O- yeah. O'Neal. There's no D in it. Two ends. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, posh Neil. Not even going to. Did, did he just transfer there? Or? Yeah. He's, he's transferred from Penn state. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I tweeted out, it. by the way, I already, I tweeted out. I said, is Virginia traveling to Duke tomorrow? Or are they already there. We need answers. <laughs> that. All right. Well, there, there you go. Again, if you're, you're listening to this live in the, in, in, in the future, 
from the past. Um, yeah, I, like you, I mean, transferring from Penn State, that just reminds me. Uh, I mean, Penn State Hopkins could, as you alluded to at the very beginning of this episode, uh, Penn State Hopkins could have been a good game um, on the schedule this weekend had it been, I don't know, like 2000, 2018, I feel like maybe. Yeah, yeah, you could be competitive. Give me, give me a 2018 Hopkins versus, uh, versus Penn state instead of the 2022 edition. I'd rather poke my eyes out with, uh, just, you know, a Ticonderoga number two pencil, than watch that one at six o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Cuse travels to UNC. So I, I, I guess I got to take the Chris Gray and the Tar Heels in that one. Yeah, I'll probably, I'm taking, I'm not betting on UNC. I'm betting on Chris Gray. The one thing that's worried, worries me is Tucci's, Tucci got banged up last week too, the faceoff guy. But I, there's one game I do want to, uh, I think we just like skipped over. That's just like, I know me and you probably just like, it's a, it's a mid-major team, but um, two mid-majors, but Loyola and Boston University. <laughs> <laughs> but that that'll be like that's like the Patriot League title. I'll take Loyola in that one. They're heating up. They've like since they start had a horrendous start, they've really picked it up. So I'll take they kind of have like the same year as last year where they just came out so fucking slow. And then they're gonna like go into the tournament and probably make some noise. Watch it. I mean, I I'm not necessarily thrilled about you um just automatically counting out our guy Mike Sisselberger and the Lehigh Mountain Hawks as you I, yeah. I, I no, think... no, I did that on purpose. Well, I, I, I it's a two I think... man, it's a two man race in the Patriot League. I, I just said it's Loyola, <laughs> or you could put. I'll give you, I'll give you Lehigh, I'll give you Lehigh, but I, I firmly think that Loyola is coming out of the uh, Patriot League or Army, actually. actually yeah, I mean, our, 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 Army, Army Cornell is going to be a good one this weekend as well. Um, you know, Army, Army's been stringing together a few good wins. Um, you know, I, I think Bucknell was a team that looked uh, pretty good early in the season. So they, you know, they got a good win against them, good win against Loyola. Um, so, I mean, Army Cornell should be a good one. Plus, you know, it's just uh, just a couple upstate New York teams. So, you know, it's going to be gritty. Just mm-hmm. some some real blue collar lacrosse, uh, what, what we'd like to see. So, um, I, I mean, I think that Cornell keeps it going there, especially because... They, they probably still have a decent amount of Canadians who um, they just don't give a shit about the troops. So I don't know. I guess they could be as disrespectful as they want. Yeah. Actually, do, do they really though? How many, how, how many Canucks are, are on this uh, Cornell team right now? I don't think it's, it's nearly as much as I was thinking. Looking, looking at the schedule right now, they have a, a guy from Australia on the team. They got a they got a kid from Melbourne. Oh, they got a uh, they got a uh, what is this, Callum Robinson? Yeah. Oh, oh, you want to talk about that really quick? Um, do you have do you want to talk about any more of the games? Uh, no, it, it's it's just a really bad uh, slate of college lacrosse games. So you know, if it's good weather outside, take advantage of it and. Uh, Go go do whatever. You're not going to be missing a ton of college across. Uh, what, what what did you want to talk about here? Um, huge news. St. Bonnie's goalie Brett Dobson declared for the oh. PLL. That actually is 
huge, huge, huge He's the news. best goalie in the nation. He leads the nation in save percentage goals against average. We like joked around about it, how someone said like, we got to keep talking about him. But I will say Drake was on that. Drake was on that right away. He said, he's fucking legit. Uh, Mern's the coach for Bonnie's. He's building pretty, pretty decent team. They're ahead of schedule. In my opinion, I did not think that the Bonnie's were that good, but they're seem to be ahead of schedule. And it's really for Dobson. He's, foregoing his COVID year and he's he's leaving Bonnie's to go play pro lacrosse and his reasoning is pretty good but you go first um well two things that I want to I want to do real quick the the second will be to go on what you just said uh the first I actually want to say I might like army in this game against Cornell there aren't nearly as many Canadians as I was <laughs> expecting to see on that on that roster for Cornell. So if you have a bunch of guys who support the troops, um, then, then I think that army gives them a good run on Saturday. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as like, this is huge news because this is maybe the first time where you have a guy and granted it's, it's a little bit of a different situation. So I saw Dobson, uh, was it in an article or did he tweet it out? So something where he's along the lines of like, you know, there, there are some spots that are open in the PLL this year. Um, and, and, you know, with the goalie position and how there are only so many spots that are ever going to be available, it makes sense for him to go now, but still, this is like one of the first times where it looks like, you know, you have a kid who sees playing pro lacrosse as not only like a, a career choice, but like to put that over playing college and, you know, it's St. Bonnie's is St. Bonnie's, right? Like, it's not like he's really going to be like, it's not like he wants to stay around at St. Bonnie's another year. Cause he wants to get one more kick at the can to see if he can, you know, take them to have a deep run in may, like that's probably not going to be in the card. So would it be a little bit different if this was like a goalie, if this was like, like McNaney, maybe, but like, just again, seeing, going to play pro lacrosse as a better option than staying and playing with the boys in college, I think is, is pretty big news. I, Cause I, only- I don't, it, 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 it's, it's probably the first that we're seeing of it, but then as the league keeps mm. getting bigger and bigger, not, not really the last. I feel like there's like, you know, like, I guess technically like Costabile, like he he was able to leave like he had the choice to go back to Notre Dame because of the COVID year or stay like that in that sense like people did choose to like they're like I have job offers already I really can't like wait around another year to like maybe get a job offer again because like no one knew what was going to happen that year so like is it that technically was but I will say that like you you bring up the McNaney point that's that's something I do kind of disagree with unless the kid truly was just like I don't want to play professional lacrosse at all I have no fucking interest nada any other position is it's different but with goalie I I totally get that thought process and something I thought about was like these old guys like or these older guys in the PLL kind of have to get pushed out at some point or the game's just gonna get too old a lot of these like guys they want like I always thought it was really weird how the PLL wanted the, the, the like grasp the younger generation but then had all these old guys that were playing in like 2010, 2011, which is crazy. I'm saying old, but like not any of these new guys that have just graduated 2018, 2019 that these guys are used to seeing on ESPN during the college seasons. So I do get Dobson seeing the opportunity for open positions and wanting to play. Will it be fun to maybe see him and Drake battle it out for a starting position? Possibly. That would be pretty fun. Uh, two friends going at it, but yeah. Um, I, I think I think he did make the, the smart decision and this will only do good for the Bonnie's program. Also, it, it puts headlines on them for the Bonnie's. Um, and 
Mearns is a good coach, or I'm probably like pronouncing it wrong, but like I see, like he's like the Canadian, like he's a Canada coach. So I don't know, it should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, good, good for the league, good for the Bonnies, and uh, most importantly, good for Dobson because he's going to get paid. So, yep. um, that that that's awesome. Um, do, do they have anybody coming up this weekend? I, I didn't uh, really get a chance to look uh, that that deep into the schedule. The Bonnies will be taking on. It looks like good, good radio, good. Oh, so they they've got Sienna. So I think that this is going to be a. Uh, I, I will say that you've you've got to have a pretty big game between the pipes uh, if if you're gonna if, if Brett Dobson's gonna come out and pretty much declare himself for the PLL draft uh, and then have a game coming up this weekend. So uh, here, here's the hoping that we've got a nice. Hopefully, he doesn't see too many shots, but let, let's go. Let's go 12, 13 saves. Yeah, I mean. He- He's he's fun to watch. I was watching a little bit of his film today. He's a tremendous goalie. I think he's going to be an immediate starter. I don't think I'm breaking news there, but I'd like to see where he goes because you know, like I always like to see like Kark's big board, and like I, I'm a like Kark Kark really is like a, he's one of the most interesting guys in the game for me. But he he keeps who he had in his like on his goalie list last time. But he keeps the guy Krebs on Manhattan there because he was so addicted to him in game one. Saw him during the Duke game and just kept him there and was like, "Oh yeah, just, I thought it last year." I'm keeping. Listen, it I, I I can I can relate to that though, where you you get a take and you yeah, fall in, in love with it, and then you you just you never want to you never want to get off of that one. So yeah, I I I I get that, but um yeah, but I I mean I do the same fucking I, I, I mean, I'm the king of it. What are we talking about? Here? I'm the king of it. <laughs> last year I like lived and died by my Notre Dame, like winning the national championship takes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to be on the other side of one and being like, Hey, like that take fucking sucks. How about you get off of it pretty quickly before you look like a fool. And then meanwhile, we're up here and I, I think you still think that Notre Dame's winning that game. Um, so waiting for the comeback. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like, like I mentioned, if some fine games, if, if you're around the TV, if, if you want to throw some on it, it's great. Uh, but maybe not, maybe not the, the biggest, uh, you know, weekend of all time, but that's fine. Cause we're, you know, we're rounding out the end of the regular season here. So only a few more weeks left before Crazy. we get to conference tournaments. And then, uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty much halfway through April. So, uh, you know, coming, coming dangerously close to may here, uh, Anything else before you? Uh, I mean, I I know you got to get going. You've got a, got a flight to go catch soon, so. Yeah, I mean, if it's tomorrow, probably probably hard. Well, I'm I'm saying as I'm saying as people are listening to this right now. Oh, this, <laughs> I did. Come on, my brain doesn't work like soon. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably showing up late. Uh, and any uh, yeah. So any, um, anything coming up on YouTube? Some... Yeah, just I'm probably so. Oh, just. Quick, quick shout out to uh, my man, Jake Malasek, co-worker on the sports book with me. He's playing for the Czech Republic uh, lacrosse team right now over in uh, Poland Ooh, for the wow. Euro, for the Euro like world qualifiers. So I know that they're three and now he had a big OT win today. He's led up like three goals. Are, are they, are they only... playing, are they playing like actual field lacrosse or is it sixes? I think that it might be regular Just field across yeah yeah okay i think for right now i don't really know i i, I asked him and he fucking told me but i don't listen because he talks so much no i'm kidding 
but uh, no, me and him bust balls all day, but just like shout out to him. Uh, if you're watching it, I mean, it's, it's lacrosse on during the day. Um, I was trying to watch his game today. Couldn't, but I think he's got a game coming up, but shout out him. He's a goalie. So he's actually going to be the one that's filming the goalie challenges. And then I might even have him like hop in cage with these guys, just like, so he can get some looks. So he's going to be filming it. Got to wait for him to come back from Polak. And uh, yeah, that's when it'll really get started. So then we'll get Billy, uh, possibly Will Perry. I've been in talks with Will Perry about it. So yeah, no, it should be fun. I'm just looking for a location. And I did find a summer league team potentially with Providence Friar alumni. Let's get fried up, baby. Let's that's big news. Up. I know. All right. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, cool. Yeah, make sure you guys are uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, The Crease Dive. You're following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at The Crease Dive on both. Oh, also head on over to store.barstoolsports.com. You can pick up your Asher Nolting t-shirts there. Uh, great design. few more shirts in the pipeline. So look out for those in the future. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out.